Welcome to Preschool and Beyond, a podcast where we tackle some of the most common and the most challenging issues facing preschool-aged children and their families. Recording from Discovery Child Development Center is your host, Mike DeLott. Hi, and welcome to episode 36 of Preschool and Beyond, Parenting Preschoolers Without Power Struggles. Are you tired of pleading, begging, or threatening your toddler or preschooler to cooperate with you? Do your days feel like an endless struggle? If that sounds familiar, then you'll want to tune in to today's episode featuring family and marriage psychotherapist and best-selling author of Parenting Without Power Struggles and Parenting with Presence, Susan Stiffelman. Susan's been working with children and families for over 30 years, and we're so excited to have you on today and really honored that you're joining us for the podcast today, Susan. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Mike. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's start off, kind of get that, I think, part of really at the heart of your book, you talk about cap- being captain of the ship in parenting without power struggle. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that concept is and why it's so important that you are the captain of the ship at home? Yes, yes. I don't even remember when or how I came up with this model, but if your listeners can imagine um, me standing in front of you with my two hands in fists and my right hand hovering above my left. So my hands are going to represent the parent and the child. The right hand above the child's hand, that's the parent hand above the child. So in an ideal situation, and (laughs) most parenting is not ideal, (laughs) but in in this thing we aspire to, when the right hand or the parent hand is above the child, it's not that the parent is better or worthy of more respect or any of that. It's just that the parent is what I call the captain of the ship, meaning that they're the grown-up in the room. Mm -hmm. So when the child is overwhelmed or sad or anxious or fussy or uncomfortable or not feeling well, that there's so much comfort for a child in knowing, oh, there's a captain on this ship here. We hit some rough water, but there's somebody who can take charge lovingly, compassionately, and help us you know, get to the other shore. Now, when that's the case, it's, it, life goes much more easily for parents and kids are more cooperative and more connected and everything is great. When the hands move into the side by side position, it's so funny, Mike, even as I'm describing it, I'm doing this with my hands. (laughs) See me? (laughs) Again, the visual. Yeah. (laughs) Um, no one is in charge. So picture your hands side by side, the two fists, Nobody's on top. Nobody's in charge. And I call that the two lawyers. That's where you're pushing and pushing back. You're arguing. You're negotiating. That's where you have the start of the power struggle. So let's say that the child says, I really want to have these cookies for my dinner tonight. Thanks very much for that other dinner, but I think I'm going to have these cookies instead, (laughs) right? And your right hand above the left, if you're in captain mode, you would and we can talk more about this, but just briefly to introduce it, you might say, oh, you were really hoping that you could skip dinner and have your dessert. So it would be, uh, uh, there'd be no energy, no anger, no threatening going on. It'd just be, oh, I see this is what you were hoping. And, And unfortunately, you know, this is the dinner and then, you know, those come later. Now, if the child because he likes cookies, says, well, no, I'm not, I don't want that. That's a stupid dinner that you made. We may move into the side-by-side position from that captain position. Now we're, we're two lawyers. He's arguing about why he should have the cookies. You're explaining why it, there's no nutritional value or whatever you're, you're shouting. 
And then it can get worse where the child now says, I'm not eating your stupid poopy dinner and I'm going to, I hate you and you're the worst cook in the world. And our hand now goes below the child. So the child's on top kind of calling the shots and we feel inside very triggered. We feel disrespected, unappreciated, out of control, angry. So when we're in that lower position, I call that the dictator. And that's when we're bribing or threatening. We're, we're like a dictator who has no genuine power. We're trying to overpower our kids with bribes and threats and punishments. Like the dictator wipes out your bank account, the, then you may send the child to the room without dinner. And, and you know, that's sort of the brief lay of the land of this model um, and everything I teach is about helping parents be that captain, even though we do fall into lawyer mode, dictator mode, that as we learn in all the courses and classes I teach are about how to be more aware of what's going on and then use different approaches so you can be the captain no matter what. Great. And I know a lot of parents at this stage like would like to be the captain but feel that they are either in the two-lawyer mode or are in the lower position. Is it possible to move from one to the other fairly easy or like what are the what groundwork do you have to lay to get there? Well, um, easy is a relative term. <laughs> is it easier than having two-hour meltdowns four times a week? Yes, a lot easier than that. But the thing is, you know, I'm, I'm, I've just started a, I do a six week class once a year and we've just started, we just had our first session and, you know, people can still sign up, but what's so powerful in that first session is that I talk about, were your parents captains, lawyers, or dictators? And 95% of the people in that class, the first week will say dictators and lawyers. And if that's what we've grown up with, and that's what we've been exposed to parents who overpowered us, who threatened us, who bribed us, who argued with us, who negotiated with us, then more instinctively, that's how we're going to show up when push comes to shove with our own children. However, the great news is that without a whole lot of effort, we can learn first to notice, oh, I'm in lawyer mode right now. Right. And then to use the things that I teach. There's so many different strategies and tools so that instead of going down that road, that predictable road where you argue, you negotiate, you're pushing and lecturing and scolding and threatening, you can take a different path and you can respond rather than react. One thing you talk at length about in your book is forming those strong connections with your children. And so what are some ways, if we don't feel that bond is as strong as it could be, that we can start creating those really great connections? I'm glad that you um, brought that up because one of the elements that's key to becoming that captain of the ship is that we have strong attachment with our children. Human beings are wired to cooperate with those that they feel close to. We just are. If I asked you, if you're taking, let's say you're taking, you're a high school student and you're, or a college student and you have a, you know, full roster of classes. And one of the classes is really not something you're very good at, but you really like the professor and he really, you feel like he really gets you, he enjoys you. And then there's another class that's not that hard for you, but you really don't like the, the, the professor. That professor is sarcastic toward you, doesn't notice you, you feel invisible or you know ridiculed in that class. Which class are you going to try harder to do the work for? Where you feel respected and... 
where you have that connection. Exactly. And that same principle applies to our children. When, when they feel seen and enjoyed and, and connected with us, they just try harder to please us. So one of the things I talk about, there's so many ways of deepening attachment or healing um, ruptures and connection. But one is simply to let your child know what you like about her. You know, and you comment on this on my website, I have a newsletter login and that there's an exercise on there called the love flooding. And it's based on this idea. People can get it. It's free. It's just a little uh, exercise activity, but it talks about letting your child know, not based on accomplishments or achievements. I love the sound of your voice. I loved how gentle you were with the kitties this morning. Another thing you can do to build attachment is to not because your child's begging you to play a game, but to go look for her. Go find him when he's actually doing something and he's okay with it. And invite him to play a game or to have a tickle fight or a rough house with you when he hasn't been asking. And in other words, that invitation to be with you is so compelling and it really creates a, a warm feeling of connection. Great. And one thing we often see here is, you know, it's, People who go to our school, it's many of their first time in school. And so they may have developed that connection with the parent. But we also want to make sure when they come to school, kind of like that professor example you gave, that they form the connection with their teachers here. Or, you know, sometimes you might have a parent going back to work and there's going to be a babysitter and nanny coming in. What as the parent can we do to help them also form those important connections? Yeah, that's really so helpful because... When a child is, especially young children, are going to school, basically you're handing off the attachment figure from parent to teacher, that the teacher steps in as that anchor, the the person the child is tethered to for those hours. And that's that can go a long way to making the transition smooth. One of the elements of that is that the teacher you know, gets down on eye level, starts to, you know, maybe there's a ritual handshake or a special greeting every day that creates some predictability. And that the teacher starts to get to know the child that, and and there's, there's a little bit of time invested in, in forming their own special connection. And the parent can foster that, you know, they can find out what kind of um, sandwiches the teacher likes and the, ch- the child and parent can make that sandwich for the teacher, letting the teacher know in advance or, or a special kind of drawing. You find out the teacher likes horses or the teacher finds out your, your, your son likes cars. And, you know, you're looking for any ways that the child feels known and seen and understood by that babysitter or that teacher who is the sort of stand in for the parent so that 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 creates a sense of familiarity and comfort for the child. Yeah, definitely. It's so helpful to share, I think, as much of that information, whether it's an info sheet with the school where you're providing songs they like, books they like, other activities that might help them calm down. You know, if you sing a certain song and they really respond well to that, teachers would be happy to sing that song. Um, Same with babysitters. So I think the more the parent shares, I think it's really going to help the child in the long run. Yeah. Um, in addition to connection, you also talk about um, another strategy for gaining cooperation, offering children choice. So can you talk kind of about finding that right balance, offering them choice while still being the captain of the ship? 
Absolutely, because I want to make something clear. Being the captain of the ship is about being in control, in uh, in charge, not about being in control. Mm -hmm. I'm not advocating that parents control their children. <laughs> and that may seem like they're similar, but they're not at all to me. A person who feels out of control is the person who's trying to control others. When you're solid, when you're steady and sturdy inside and you feel competent and confident in what you're doing, even <laughs> somewhat, then you're looking to be in charge rather than trying to control the child. And that means that you want the child to be autonomous and independent, that you don't need them to just do what you say. So there's always going to be, especially with a preschooler, you always want to give the child choices unless they're overwhelmed. You don't want to overload them. And I'm sure most people know this. Not You don't give them 12 outfits they could wear, but you give them two or three. And whenever possible, it's also valuable to put them in charge of something. You know, you're in charge of watering this plant outside the front door so that you're developing that confidence in the child that there's that they're, they can become accountable in an age-appropriate way and help out and contribute. Yeah, and I think, um, I think you really want to give them that practice, making decisions when they are young, you know, when the decisions are a lot easier than more complicated ones they'll make in the adolescent years and beyond that. Um, and I also am glad, too, I think it's a really important distinction that you drew, whereas um, talking about the captain of the ship doesn't mean that you're in there screaming at them, ordering people around, it's, you know, but you are the adult in charge. So you're, they're going to look to you for security, for your judgment and all that. But that doesn't mean that you don't, aren't going to look for their input, find ways to include them. Let's talk about frustration. And when children feel upset, it can be really heartbreaking for a parent to see their two, three, four-year-old in tears over something. Um, they do need Kids do need to experience frustration and learn to move on from that. Uh, what are some things we can do to help them when they are feeling disappointed or frustrated? Honestly, help them cry. Young children, um, well, frustration is a part of life and it's how we become resilient adults. We, we live through something that didn't go our way. We discover that we survived it. We feel our sadness and disappointment in the presence of a loving, caring adult, if possible. And then we move on, as you said. We, we discover, wow, I, I, I prefer that, that I have the cookies for dinner, but I can make it through life if I didn't, if I don't. And there is no shortcut for that. Now, um, one of the things I teach in my work, which we won't be able to go into today, but it's a pretty comprehensive idea that um, has a lot of elements to it. But I talk about the importance of not overloading a child who's frustrated with reasons. Um, really, it's not useful. When a child has, I call it flipping the switch, that's not the time to explain why they can't have what they want. It is the time to commiserate, to acknowledge their sadness. You were really hoping you could have the cookies. It doesn't really seem fair that mommy or daddy won't let you have them before dinner. I, I can see how much you love those cookies. Those are all just validating statements that help the child feel that you're attuned, that you're with her, that she's not off on this island alone where, where it is a cookie-less world and very sad because of it but rather that, you know, there is this sturdy 
grounding presence that can sit with her and give her a hug if she wants one, but that doesn't flood her with explanations or reasons at that time. Yeah, and I think it's it's important to note that you know kids often just need that. They just need that validation that you hear them, you understand their frustration. It doesn't mean you have to run over and you shouldn't run over the cookie jar and start putting cookies onto a plate, but just being heard, being like sometimes they're just crying because they're not even sure if you really understand what they're saying. And sometimes they're crying because um, they don't like the fact that their brother got to go with daddy to the grocery store mm-hmm. and it's not even about the cookies. Right. So if we overdo it with explaining, well, those cookies have too much sugar and if yeah. they have <laughs> sugar in them, they, you might be able to have one, but, and they're not even really interested in the cookie. It's about how their brother got to go in the car. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about just kind of that daily life. I know a lot of parents feel really overwhelmed that is things are go, go, go. You're trying to get your kids from here to there, you want them to be listening to doing all these certain things each day, making sure you have time for reading. Um, how can we kind of step back a little bit and make sure we really are enjoying these years with our kids? Hmm, I'm smiling as you say that. You know, I, I, um, it sounds so cliche, Mike, to say it goes so fast. Because when you're the parent of a preschooler and or multiple children around young children, it doesn't go fast at all. It can go really slowly. But it's also um, so important that we don't lose the forest for the trees and that what we're doing in the process of getting up in the morning, getting that child's teeth brushed, clothing put on, you know, all the things we have to go through before we get them out the door or we get them to the babysitter or we get them off to school. Um, or we simply go about our day with them following us around and, and that it's not about the tasks. It's about the fact that in the process of all these activities of the day, what we're doing in part is raising an adult not the only thing we're doing we're raising children of course because they are children at the time we don't want to push them too fast but that we are helping to influence and shape this human being that we have so miraculously been allowed to shepherd along the way to go- to be a guardian for and there's so much possibility of sweetness in those little moments that if we get I call it being lost to the list. If we get lost to the list of things that we have to check off, teeth brush, check, backpack, check, food eaten, check, we miss the whole thing. And then, you know, a couple things happen. One, as that child goes into adulthood, you know, if we're always just fixing things and controlling, we have deprived him or her of some important resources that they'll need to be successful and happy adults like coping with resilience and being empathic and problem solving and all those good things. But also we've missed this opportunity to just enjoy this precious life with our kids. You know, my son is 27 and um, we just have a really, really sweet relationship. And, you know, there've definitely been bumps along the way and teenage years weren't always so easy. And, but it, he was out here recently. He just came and spent 
you know, about a day and a half. And so much of the time we were just on the couch talking or he was doing some work and I was reading and I, I, I just felt like I was having a bath of joy just being in his presence. It was just like, we both got so much out of that, just simply being in the room together and looking up once in a while. And that is really what this is about, you know, in the end is just this precious relationship with a human being that we love with all of our hearts. And to deprive ourselves of that because there's so much to do all the time, it's just nice to have little reminders. Tie a, a little thread around your finger, put a note on the wall. Remember, you know, this moment is precious. So, yeah, just to think about that, like they're not always going to be there all the time. They're not going to need you every minute of the day like they do right now. And it can feel really overwhelming in that minute. Don't get me wrong. And there are days you're like, oh, I can't wait for that next stage. You're thinking, you know, when they're 12, it's going to be easier, which I know it's not, but, you know, wait till they're 16. But you really just have to stop and enjoy those days. And, you know, it's it's nice that they at that age want to spend time with you. And it's really nice that your son again wants to spend time with you. But I'm sure there's some years kind of in the middle, especially those teen years where they're not going to want to spend time with you. You know, um, yes. And, and the thing is, if you're not enjoying it, that's okay too. But if you're not enjoying it every day, if you dread every day, I really urge people with no judgment, get a little bit of help because there are parents for whom the smallest activities are so difficult and overwhelming that if you either you may have a child who needs some, you may need some help, you know, getting some support for that particular child, or there may be, you know, a parent can suffer from depression and and just feel bad that they're not enjoying it. So I want to make sure that we we don't make people feel badly if they're not enjoying any of it. That is the case sometimes, and it just means that you need to ask for help. And that's hard to do, but it's so helpful. It makes such a difference when you really acknowledge, you know what, people around me say, oh, this is so precious, and I'm not having any fun at all, and in fact, I can hardly get out of bed. If that's the case, please please, please, you deserve to have support and help and please do reach for it. Absolutely. I know that you're not the only one that feels that way. And I know especially that feeling when you have newborns and infants and, you know, it's such an exciting time for you and you feel like you should be super excited yeah. about, but it's hard. And so definitely reach out to people if you need additional support. You know, there are resources, there are people like you reach out to. So on that note, let's uh, move into our show and tell. Um, So if people are interested in connecting with you, you have several different ways and an exciting event that um, I hope you can share with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have the six-week class, and um, I think registration will almost have closed by the time you air this. But if people really want to go deeper with these ideas, they can um, email us, support at susanstiffelman.com. And... Then in March, we have an amazing summit planned for the 20th to the 22nd called Raising Children with Challenges. And it's for parents of children who are anything from ADD, gifted, learning disabilities, sensory processing issues, um, Asperger's, autism, all the the gamut, just quirky, wired a little bit differently, um, and we have amazing, wonderful speakers, including Ross Green, Dan Siegel, Elaine Aaron, Temple Grandin. So people can hear those for free during that week. And then they're 
are other similar events on raising siblings and co-parenting without power struggles and um, parenting in the digital age that are um, still available on my website under products for susanstiffelman.com. But that summit is um, coming up in March. My gosh, I'm, I'm having the best conversations with people, learning so much about how to help every child, however they show up in the world, whatever their strengths and challenges may be, help that child be seen and celebrated. Great. And we will definitely link to your website. Um, is it susansiffelman.com? That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll link to that where you can find more about these terrific events. They really do sound amazing. And also, I encourage everyone to check out your books, Parenting Without Power Struggles and Parenting with Presence. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us today, Susan. This was great. Pleasure. Keep up the good work. Uh, thank thank you. you so much. You can find links to what we talked about today on our show notes page at www.discoverychilddevelopmentcenter.com slash podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash preschool and beyond. Preschool and Beyond is part of the Parents on Demand Network, the first podcast network devoted to parents and families. Download our free app for Apple or Android. Here's another podcast on our network we think you may enjoy. So you've made it through the first year with your kiddo and life is crazy. You need Parent Savers, an audio podcast providing new moms and dads with the practical information to help preserve their sanity. With the help of our experts, parents of toddlers get the superhero strength they need to tackle the world and the next dirty diaper. Parent Savers is part of the Parents on Demand Network. Look for our free network app in Apple and Android to discover more great parenting shows and listen to your favorite episodes on the go.